HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome, you've tuned into the Heritage Radio Network. You're listening to The Farm Report, and I'm your host, Erin Fairbanks. We are coming to you from the back of Roberta's Pizza in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. And today uh, is a very special day for a couple of reasons. Um, One, because we have a lovely guest in studio, Claire Marin of Catskills Provisions. Claire, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Aaron. I love coming here. It's my second time, and I'm very excited. Well, that's what we were just talking about. That's the other very special thing about today is we we just found out from Jack that Claire was a guest on the Farm Report exactly one year ago to the day. So um, if you want to check out the last episode, it was episode 110 of the Farm Report where we really tucked into some of her beekeeping prowess. But today, we're going to kind of go through uh, a little bit of update and exploration on her business, Catskills Provisions. So Claire, maybe we should start with uh, a little bit of background on on the business and what you guys do for listeners who aren't familiar. Sure. Um, basically, I started the business because of a, a love for the products that are made um, in our great state of New York. And I, and I, I sort of use, in my mind... Um, um, Vermont as a as a model, you know, if Vermont could do it, why can't New York State do it? You know, we make great cheeses, we have lots of farmers, uh, beautiful land. We were um, the hops capital of the world until you know blight hit us like in the 1800s. But you know what? Why can't we bring that back? You know, obviously the food movement that's going on in Brooklyn, it goes across all ages. You know, you see like. 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds so fervently into food and, you know, they're, they're foodies being born every minute. So it's really <laughs> cool. You know, it's it's not just the 40-something crowd that has money to travel that has access to this. You know, we all have access to this stuff. So I was like, you know what, we really could do this. And I had been in publishing for 15 years. I was like, you know, sort of 
eh, corporate, you know, it was just whatever. But I gained, you know, a lot of knowledge and about many things. Um, but I really wanted to do something that was more of a give and take, you know, the land, people unifying, an exchange of good things going on. And um, I got into beekeeping like nine years ago, and honey was really the the platform that we started with. And and then maple syrup came about because our fall honey has so many maple notes in it that, you know, we d- decided to really look around and our land is surrounded by maple trees. We're like, oh my God, you know, so the bees sort of um, um, gave us that, that uh, hint, you know. But um, I, the motto of the company is happy bees make better honey because it, it, it is very true. I think any happy anything makes a better product or has a better day or, you know, any of that. So I feel like a really happy bee that now I'm doing what I really want. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's wonderful. Um, but it's, it's also not, you know, just selling something. It's creating a relationship with people that you touch and, um, you know, developing relationships with everybody that you do business with. You know, business and humanity can go hand in hand you know they really can you know you can make money and and also um you know have a business that gives and takes so basically casco provisions is 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 a company that will always bring the best natural products available we always promise to small batch everything we do just about 98 percent of what we do by hand we really feel it makes a big difference um in the outcome of the product yeah. So now the product that you your line has expanded a little bit since last time we talked. So you have the honeys, you have the maple syrup, and you've got a couple of new things in the mix, right? Yeah, we do. Speaking of mix, um, part of the reason why um, we got we made a, a really wonderful um, pancake mix uh, with wheat that is grown and milled in New York State in Ithaca by Cayuga. We use Cayuga flour, and there are three ingredients in this. And it makes the fluffiest pancakes. Like, why does Bisquick have to have 29 ingredients, you know? And it's basically the flour, the baking powder, the salt, you know? You don't need all that much to make a great product. And I developed that because I was sort of disappointed with all the pancake mixes out in the market. I went out and I bought them all for our maple syrup, which has a very clean finish because it's a blend and blah, blah. And um, I wasn't really happy with it. It was like putting maple syrup on a cookie, you know. So I thought, you know, I want more, more savory something. So um, anyway, I developed um, this recipe with, with um, a good friend of mine who's an amazing chef, Heather Carlucci. And, um, you know, she's been amazing to work with. I love her very much. And um, we made this great pancake mix and and it's it's been embraced really by anybody that uses it every kid that eats one of those pancakes it's like oh my god mom that's all i want to eat you know (laughs) so it's kind of it's great so i think we're you know we're doing a great thing with that and then you guys have some new uh sweets with your honeys right coming up i'm just thinking it's the first day of february you know valentine's day for me has always meant birthdays i have two sisters who were born on valentine's day but i know for everyone else in the country, it means like sweetie sweets and lovey love. So yeah. you got a little sweet stuff happening for that. What a, what What's going on in that area? Yeah, we do. So one of the things that I've always loved is dark chocolate. You know, it's been like a, a passion of mine for many years. And um, I, li- I like your passion. So yeah. Very yeah. aligned. <laughs> good, good, good. 
Um, and um, so I thought, you know, let me take some dark chocolate and, and dip it in our honey, you know. And I was like, oh, my God, this, you know, you don't see honey mixing with chocolate so much. Um, and um, so it took about a year to develop the uh, chocolate honey truffle made with our fall honey that really stands up to um, to the darkness of the chocolate, you know. Um, so I think we we got a really good thing. We're doing very very well. We just actually got um, uh, into the Dean and DeLuca catalog, which is really cool for Valentine's and Easter. Oh, congratulations! So that that's you know it's a good because you know obviously you admire their their taste buds are really good and you know so and um, so we're really um, excited about that. Um, so one of the things that we did is well the perfect package would be okay for valentine's you know so you give your sweetheart the a box of truffles of course beautifully packaged you know packaging is very important i think for everything and um so the box is really pretty and impressive and then we're like well hopefully you'll stay the night obviously and in the morning you'll make her breakfast make him breakfast um and you'll make them fabulous pancakes with our maple syrup. So we call this the seal the deal package for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Very we, you cheeky. Know, I mean, that's like, it's going to help you, you know, sort of move on with whatever seal you're doing. Seal the deal. I love seal it. Seal the deal. So you can get that on our website at catscoprovisions.com. Awesome. Uh, right now. Well, so one of the things that I'm struck by most of your product line is there's this real... Um, seasonal nature to everything you're doing mm-hmm. and this uh, really interesting kind of sense of terroir you know uh, with the honey with the maple syrup and and now I think you know you're really becoming part of this bigger conversation that's happening with regards to regional grains and, and fresh grains at that and um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit um, you know this year last year weather has been so wonky and and how is that impacting the the production of the honey and the maple and um, you know maybe because it's your first year with the, the, the pancake mix, you've seen less of a shift there. But if, if you have something to share, we'd be curious. Yeah, um, weather, obviously, you know, it's still farming. You know, you're, you're growing something and it, it just affects everything so much. So last year, for example, it, as far as the honey goes, we had a very wet spring. It was really, you know, it's just so just imagine all the pollen is being washed off all the, the spring flowers. So the bees had a hard spring comb for example you know we do extract some comb not a whole lot because we don't like to stress the bees too much but that's created in the spring and if you have a lot of comb or a lot of production now you have comb that you could actually serve on a cheese plate or something like that it's beautiful and it's really the flavor is wonderful so i totally recommend that but um we didn't have a lot of it we just actually totally sold out of anything i can't find anything you know even from fellow beekeepers in the northeast so northeast comb is basically like gone um and i don't like i wouldn't want to like import it from the south or you know i think the terroir of each area is super important for us to uh to respect and to focus on right and then the maple syrup last year we had 40 percent less production in new york state Connecticut, for example, had flat to the year prior because it wasn't as wet there. So it's sort of interesting. We're caught in this band of wetness in New York State. Um, This year, I believe, because of the cold that we've been having um, and the moisture of the spring, we will have a really good um, maple uh, season. So, you know, with wheat, you're right. I'm not as up on, you know, exactly how the weather has affected it. Um, We are... Uh, planning to you know right now we're just doing all-purpose flour 
um, mix, but we're going to move into um, buckwheat and, you know, a couple of other things. So we'll, we'll know a little bit more about that in about a year or so. Cool. Well, I want to come back and talk about the pancake mix a little bit more. But before we do that, you know, the I know maple syrup is kind of season is kind of coming up and what you're looking for with the maple syrup is the you know freezing nights and warm days and Mm -hmm. we were chatting a little bit um in the studio that that's also uh you need the warmer days for the bees as well which i didn't realize so yeah totally the bee like knows all you know they're so wise it's unbelievable i mean obviously you know centuries in development obviously but you know so um given that i i think there are just so many things that you could learn about them but um they need 50 degrees or higher to step out of the hive and relieve themselves and take care of things, you know, um, which they will not do in the hive, no matter how long it takes, you know, even if it's like two months. They can they, hold it forever. They will just hold it forever. Unfortunately, if it's, wait, you know, if it's too long, which it really rarely is, uh, because nature does give us one rogue day which usually in February, there's like, you you know, we're freezing, freezing, freezing for, for months, you know, and then all of a sudden you get that 50 degrees for half an hour. All bees in, in that area, that moment, all go out of the hive. So it's, it's, um, it's a really interesting thing, and it keeps them obviously going. I've checked on all our hives in the last, like, you know, the past month. I just do, you know, some of them. Um, every day and basically they're all alive we haven't lost any any hives yet to cold and all that so I think the conditions um, have been really really good this year so I'm looking forward to a good good season nice yeah and then kind of tucking back into the the grain and the pancake mix conversation now you said you were working with Cayuga I'm curious can you tell us a little bit about um you know, when you decided to, to look around for a pancake mix, were they the, the obvious choice, the only choice, a little, how did that kind of partnership start? Well, I, you know, I, I've been a great admirer of what they do. I think their pricing is really good. There's a lot of passion behind that company. You know, it's still the same people that, that started it, that run it, that, you know, so I think there's a really good vibe there. Um, and I thought, you know, it is upstate. I'm trying desperately to bring as much revenue upstate as possible because obviously, you know, we're, you know, under the cloud of possible fracking. And I think if the state realizes how much we grow and make, um, that could totally be affected negatively by fracking. Um, there may be an option. There may be another choice, you know. Um, so I've been very, very focused on, on, on that area. And I've tried other flowers, and I honestly, I just, I love their consistency. It's really fluffy. It's always, you know, always the same. And, and you know, I, I like working with them a whole lot. That's like one of those interesting products that, like, as we engage more and more in thinking about where our food comes from, the idea of, like, a, a fresh flower or, or a fresh grain is kind of belated for me I feel like a belated glimpse of the obvious but I'm sure definitely in parts both kind of some of the the texture components that you're seeing but also the flavor so yeah there's no doubt I mean look if we I'm always amazed like if you make one of these pancakes you're just like amazed it just rises by itself it's not you know and even if you don't the baking powder yes of course it affects it but even if you made just with the flour I've done it and it just the flour itself is just like wonderful because you know, it hasn't been packed in big, huge vats and um, thrown in a truck and brought in from South Dakota, North, wherever, you know. 
and um, thrown in, you know, in a warehouse for months and climate controlled or not climate controlled. You know, it's just this is basically grown, milled, and within really within 60 days, it is in a bag on and on your table, hopefully. So that makes a huge difference. Hopefully really on nice. your breakfast table, um, you yeah. know, February 15th. <laughs> uh, if you yeah. want to get that Seal the Deal package, you can find um that and all of her wares at uh, Um So, packaging, you touched on that earlier. So, I know, you know, you guys are in your second year of business. Yep, second so year. So, can you talk a little bit, I mean, when you started, you were, what, packing in your apartments? And, and have you, has the business grown? I mean, obviously, you've brought on new um, products. And the packaging, I will have to say, is, is beautiful. The truffle Thank box. You. I felt, you know... Full disclosure, I <laughs> did get pre-sent a box of truffles, which I, you know, I was remiss to share, but did. Um, <laughs> and then the box is so pretty. I'm like trying to figure out something to do with it or where to put it. Or, um, But can you talk a little bit about the actual kind of packing process and then the actual packaging? Yeah, I mean, we really, you know, um, in the last two years, I basically was doing just about everything. So deliveries for example were really important for me to do for the first year almost to like a couple of months ago I just I just proudly hired two people here in New York City and uh, one upstate besides the beekeepers obviously that that we work with and I you know I'm very happy about that like there's a lot of you know a nice amount of money flowing through Casco provisions to people to you know it's it's pretty neat and and I I have to thank everybody that has been very loyal um, clients for us Um, the chefs that we supply have been amazing but I think to that I want to add that the personal touch of of the the person the the founder of the company that is so important to creating a really good relationship um, both in company and outside of the company like I you know, I see those chefs like once a week, every week, you know, for the last two years. So the relationships are there. It's, um, you know, we learn a lot from each other. We talk about, you know, weather-wise or effects of the weather, just like we did. So we have similar uh, conversations as what we're having this morning. And it's, you know, I think a really good way for them to understand the product and what it what goes into making it. You know, it's really important. I think the founder is going to give you that, not the guy that you're going to hire just to do your deliveries or whatever. Um, but I think the, it's daunting to think of how many things you have to do. So you have to create the product. You have to pack it. Now, I, you know, take the beekeeper's hat off. Now, collect the honey. It's in a, in, you know, we, we put them basically in, in barrels. Um, and then from the barrel goes to a 60-pound bucket. And then from that bucket, we put it in a filling bucket. And basically, it has a spout, so it's really done by hand. It really is because honey, if it's if you don't if you don't heat it, it it um, doesn't liquefy so much. You know, it tends to crystallize with with cold, uh, with you know change in temperature, because it's raw. You didn't heat you know heat it, so it's got all its goodness and and antibacterial properties and all that. So you definitely should buy raw honey always. Um, but of course, we can't put it through any hoses or packing anything. So. It's done by hand. Like yesterday I was doing it and I was like, can you take a photo of this? Like this is the coolest thing, you know, because it's like they, you know, it's it's um, it's a beautiful product. Obviously, the colors and all that are really nice. But every jar gets done that way, you know, and um, our hexagonal jar, which we love and we're very, you know, um, into holding on to 
can't really go through a labeling machine because it doesn't roll easily. So that's why you see a lot of new products like in, in round, you know, everything's round. And of course, then our maple syrup bottles are square. So there you go again. So like a little challenge with that too. But I think it adds to the lack of overproduction that's going on with, with us and our products and all that too. And also the pancake mixes are, you know, obviously, you know, we do these, these things in, in kitchens that are, you know, rated and all that stuff. But I think, um, you know, it, it matters that you have, you know, human hands doing these things, you know. I'm curious the, you know, you mentioned the, the shape of the honey, the honey jar and the shape of the maple syrup bottle. When you chose those, I mean, were you making just an aesthetic decision and then you were like, oh shit, the labeling is going to be a pain in the butt now. I mean, how did that, <laughs> what do you, do you wish you would have like, I mean, you know, magic wand kind of yeah. had that information or did you have that information and just say whatever? Or how did that? I honestly didn't have that information when I chose a hexagonal jar. I think it's something that it's underused. You don't see it that much, you know, and I thought, wow, it's kind of old world, a little bit European sort of. I thought it's beautiful. I like it. You know, the black cap, the orange. The So I didn't go to the next thought, which would have been, uh, well, when I get really, like, big, you know, how am I going to do this? I really thought, you know what, this is where my honey belongs, and that's that. So I think there's an honesty to, to that that uh, is part of the success. You know, it really is. People love that. The fact that, you know, you did this because this is what you love, and that's what you do. Um, so... Part of what happens with that plan um, is that I can't really increase honey production to, you know, thousands and millions of gallons, let's say, you know. So um, so what we've done now is basically looked at, okay, our business plan a little bit, you know, where do we go next? It's two years. Um, let's create products that are extensions of honey and maple syrup sweeteners you know we're sweetening wonderful things with honey and maple syrup instead of sugar or high fructose uh, corn syrup or corn syrup or corn starch any of those things you know so you know we we feel that you know mom and the kid and anyone else is is going to be healthier if they're eating you know things that are just more natural right so we've discovered that Maple syrup makes an amazing, for example, simple syrup, simple, um, yeah, simple syrup, right, to uh, sweeten cocktails. Mm -hmm. So we have these uh, cocktail recipe cards, you know, so we've made many um, cocktails with this stuff, trust me, a lot, <laughs> and I test them all a few times, really delicious stuff. Um, and then uh, cocktail rimmers with our maple sugar and different blends, you know, so we've blended it with like ancho, maple, um, cayenne and maple and cinnamon and maple so also we're so those are out now right and cd10 so you could just kind of you know do your glass and we're rolling out also meat rubs meat and, and veggie rubs with this you know with these sort of concoctions the, the maple sugar with something else so um i actually made a pork loin this this week that was like outrageous with the cinnamon and maple one it was outrageous it was so delicious so there are a lot of different things that we can do and then um the next thing too is going to be um marinades made you know sweetened um with with our uh sugar, um honey and, and maple maple syrup as well the possibilities are endless no it's true <laughs> i swear to god if i you know I, like i said to you before like if i woke up at 2 a.m i would have something to do until like the, the 
in 24 hours I could be up you know it's like it's wild it's fun well, we are going to take a, a quick break and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the relationship building and the, the, the business retailing side of what you're doing. Fantastic. Hang tight. Okay. Oh, baby, come on. And now we ain't too young too. You're listening to All Night Long by the California Honey Drops on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. It's all right. The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. All right, we are back in the studio. You're listening to the Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network. We are chatting with Claire Marin of Catskills Provisions. Now, Claire, you know, before the break, you're talking a little bit about the importance of uh, the owner being out there, being the person doing the deliveries, really taking the lead and. and um, being the face of the company and I'm, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about you know how you started opening up some of these relationships uh, working with chefs working with retailers I mean did you find that uh, they were waiting with open arms like we've been desperately seeking honey or <laughs> was it a, a harder sell and and maybe just kind of chatting a little bit about um, how that process has gone over the last two years yeah. Um, well, I you know I started really with chefs because I I wanted um, I respect them a lot you know and and the the work that they do and it's it's difficult and they really have to have so much passion for what they do otherwise they would never do it um, and um, basically you know having their validation was huge for me you know I just felt like excellent you know that fueled me a lot you know when when a chef that i respect like let's say mark meyer cook shop and five points and 100 acres would actually say i love your product it's um it's really you know it's an honor you know to to carry the the these um these um these guys you know so i i really i love i love that a whole lot i think um their honesty has been incredible their support dan kluger for example at abc kitchen is is super supportive like really when i'm sitting down with him like i i just you know cold called him i like what he does and and he you know sat with me and like just talked to me for like half an hour you know totally interested in what we do and how we do it and all that stuff i you know there's that mutual passion for what we each do and what each other does you know so um it was a really nice again exchange um i think in the retail arena there's um, there's something missing a little bit. You know, once you get away from, like, the smaller store, like the single 
uh, you know, stinky, for example, you know, like a stink, you know, stinky Brooklyn, stinky Brooklyn. They're yeah. there, you know, you husband and wife, and they do their thing. And I think um, when you get into the bigger ones, it's a little bit difficult. For example, um, y- you know, not to be a negative example at all, but I think if you if you're talking to somebody like a Cinderella, let's say, or something, you know, it's just it's impersonal. It's not. You know, you're not really meeting with someone. I think Whole Foods, for example, is doing an amazing job now that they actually have like a a uh, focused forager um, for each region. It's freaking fabulous, yeah. you know, of them to to think about that because otherwise it's impossible for them to have contact with a farmer. Like how how do you who do you call? What do you do? You know, and so they they they're making great strides in that way, and also. Um, a lot of focus in the organics and all that stuff, you know, and, and uh, the, uh, what is it, conscious capitalism. Um, you know, again, it, I totally agree with that. You know, it's, it's cool to make money. It's great to, you know, earn a good living and do good things. But it's, it's really good if you give back. There's that give and take. It's not just, here's my product, let me take the money, and that's it, and, uh, you know, um, send me the order, you know, whenever you, <laughs> you need it. So, um one um, one retailer that I think is making I'm a great admirer of Italy, and I, I love Italy, you know the the country and and the food and the wine and the people. I just love Italy, you know. And uh, for years, so all of a sudden Italy opens up, and I'm like, oh my god, I gotta see my products in here. This is like you know, and it was like a year and a, ago at least that they opened, if not longer. And I thought, wow, and I and I've been sort of you know admiring it and accosting some of the buyers there you know when I go there I'm like hi this is my honey you know <laughs> and um so we're actually I'm proud to say we're we are going to be part of something that they do that's really cool it's a second annual New York Eat Local Farm Day um on February 8th um we will be there with other local farmers that they they buy from and uh, so it would be a cool day for you for anybody to go and they're you know and they put our stuff on sale and all that but for a week they sell these things. Now, it's hard for a store to do that, you know. It's, it's a huge effort, right, because now you're focusing on six, seven products and you're, you know, bringing them to the forefront. But there's, there's a give and take there because they're taking their customer base, their Facebook, their push, and sharing it with us, you know. So there's a co-sale going on, you know, um, a promotion of what we do and not just come to Italy, you know. So it's... I would love to see more stores doing things like that. I think consumers would love it because you're giving them, you know, a very fair price. Well, yeah, and you're looking, you're you're creating an exchange that goes beyond the, yep. the cash um, and, and more of a collaborative, um, you know, storytelling piece too, which I yeah. think is 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 powerful for the retailer, but also giving you a platform to share the work you're doing and the producers that you're working with um, allows you to, to talk about issues that are really pertinent to the region where you're working. Totally. I mean, you know, we're actually going to be there 12 to 6 all day, like, discussing this, and, they, and they're encouraging us to talk about issues, not just the product, um, you know, with, with consumers that come in. And people are so into listening, you know, like they really are, you know, people are really, what goes in it? Where do you grow it? Who is it? How do you do it? You know, that kind of thing. Um, we have people up to the farm all the time. And if you ever, you know, want to come up and check it out, we do have chickens and we raise our own chickens now. So it's not just um, for eggs, but it's, you know, both. I have to get past that 
I'm a carnivore thing, and, and but I love them as pets. So I stopped naming them. I did stop doing that. But um, <laughs> and then are my own turkeys, you know. So for the holidays, I have turkey, you know, a turkey that I, I uh, raised, and um, and then of course the bees, tons of that. So great. Well, we are just about out of time, but um, you know, I'm curious. You've talked a little bit about this, but but you know, next steps for Catskill provisions. What's what's the future hold? What are you kind of getting excited about in the next couple of years? Well, I'm super excited about this marinade line that we're doing. Um, really, uh, you know, pre- pretty cool stuff. Like one of them is a, a a fig balsamic honey marinade that is, you know, it's just so simply made and so outrageous. You want to put it on everything. So we're gonna have that. Um, coming out any minute um, barbecue sauce we're actually packing it all up in the next two weeks so it, it, you know look out for for a launch on that um, and I think you know developing a few more products not a whole lot I mean I'd like to definitely work on um, establishing better relationships with consumers directly obviously um, our website has gotten so much better and there are a lot of more re- recipes and blogging going on uh, which is really good so you know, we're better poised to do all those things now, you know, so you'll see a lot more growth in that way. Cool. Great. Well, definitely, if you're out there looking for the perfect seal the deal (laughs) Valentine's Day gift, uh, visit them at www.catskillsprovisions.com. Claire, thanks so much for making the trip out to Bushwick on this cold morning. And we look forward to uh, sitting down with you again, maybe a year from now. Uh, yeah perfect (laughs) Um, thank you this has been another episode of the farm report it like all 27 of our live weekly shows can be found uh, as a free download through iTunes or on Stitcher Smart Radio we are a member supported organization if you like what you hear we hope that you'll consider supporting us by clicking the donate tab on our website www.heritageradionetwork.org Thanks so much for listening and tune in next week for another episode of The Farm Report. The Farm Report theme song is courtesy of Obesity. You've been listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. What's hot at the green market? You're about to find out now. It's the Grow NYC Market Update. All right. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to the Grow NYC Market Update. We are on the line with Liz Carollo of Grow NYC's Green Market. Liz, what is shaking? Hey, Aaron. Um, everything's great, you know. Just getting ready for big another big superstorm. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, tis the season. I guess I haven't. I guess I need to check my weather report. Well, what should we be out at the market uh, stocking up on to be prepared uh, to snuggle up at home? Well, I want to talk about today an item that does a bunch of different things. It stays fresh and bountiful all year long. 
It's delicious in a wide variety of ways and fits into just about every diet type, and that's seafood. Um, this weekend's the Chinese New Year, so a lot of families will be preparing whole fish. It represents a sign of prosperity, and prosperity, especially for our farmers and fishermen, sounds lovely to me, so I wanted to talk about seafood and shellfish today. Nice, nice. So I know from my travels around different green markets that you have a couple different seafood vendors, so maybe you can tell us who we should be looking for. Great. Yeah, we have five seafood vendors in our program. They're all from Long Island. They fish the mid-Atlantic waters in the Atlantic and the Long Island Sound. Um, today, I want to highlight Rob Williams and his business, which is called Sea Tuck Fisheries. Um, Rob's family started fishing way back in the 1880s, um, with Rob starting around 1984, and his son is now learning the ropes. So their motto is fresh, never frozen. Everything's caught seasonally and locally. So right now, they have an abundance of fl- flounder, cod, um, Peconic Bay scallops, They're out in those frigid waters twice a week during the winter, and um, then you can find Rob or one of his many family members that works the stand for him at three Brooklyn Green Markets this winter, Carroll Gardens, Cortelio, and Grand Army. Nice. And I know with seafood in particular, you know, there's so much information out there about what we should or shouldn't eat and what is or isn't safe. So, I mean, what what questions should we be asking, and, and do we need to worry about the fish that we're purchasing at the green markets? Yeah, that's great. Green market customers, they care so much about traceability and accountability in their produce and meat products, and it's equally important to wonder the same thing about where your seafood and shellfish is coming from. Um, To anyone out there who might be unconvinced by that, I would encourage them to read at least one article about the global seafood market, and I promise they would then be the first in line at the fish stand on the next Saturday morning. Um, To raise awareness of these issues, we partner with the Northeast Atlantic Marine Alliance to host the Seafood Throwdown, which you hosted at our Grand Army Plaza Uh, um, market last summer. (laughs) Yeah, this is really fun, and, you know, we have chefs kind of face off um, cooking a surprise seafood dish. Um, but, but what NAMA does, they bring attention um, to local fisheries. They advocate for small commercial fisheries and the local marine environment. And um, the partnerships, like the one we have with them, are essential to Green Market because they allow us to work with other organizations that are ensuring our producers, farmers, and fishermen alike have safe and clean land and water while we can continue to do our work to provide retail opportunities to those small producers so that Rob and eventually his son and many other producers and farmers out there have an outlet to sell um, in the city. Um, And there's, of course, other innovative models like community-supported fisheries, which is kind of coming up now. Um, They're like a seafood and shellfish buying club modeled after CSAs. So they're also providing small-scale fishermen and women with opportunities to sell their product, which is, I think, very important to grow and create more small fishing businesses within our region. We certainly have um, enough people in the city and could use different models, um, uh, you know, as many as possible. Yeah, sure. More fish... The more fish, more better, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, what do you recommend? I mean, cooking-wise, I think I I grew up, you know, eating a fish on the grill, but what else should we be looking to do with, with the different fish that we can get at the market? Yeah, me too. I grew up, my dad's a fisherman also, and I, I loved cooking fish at home with him after being out on the boat all day. Um, and I got to say, I walked through the market one day, and one of our fishermen, Rick Lofstad, talked me into eating a raw um, bay scallop. And I was a little apprehensive, but it was surprisingly buttery and meaty and delicious. But if I'm, if I'm going to buy some, I would recommend a little bit of heat cooking it at home. Um, you also could never just eat a scallop, you know, from, unless a fisherman is handing it to you or you're picking out the water yourself. I wouldn't recommend anybody do that. 
that. But um, if you're going to cook it at home, I would say the best way is really a little bit of olive oil and butter in a pan or skillet. And just when it's about to smoke, lay the scallops flat. So they caramelize on the bottom really nicely. And then as you go to turn them, they really shouldn't stick at all. Um, And then after they're done caramelized on both sides, you can add pesto or light wine sauce or just eat them by themselves. And, you know, people out there, a lot of people think that cooking and preparing meals can take such a long time and it'll take up your whole evening. But this dish takes less than 10 minutes, makes you feel like you're eating like a king. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very simple ways to prepare fresh food. Oh, delicious. So, Awesome. Get out there this weekend, stock up on some fish, get ready for what I what sounds like it's an impending storm. Um, I hope that won't get in the way of any events and, and whatnot that you have going up, going on over the weekend or, or coming up. What, uh, what should we be looking forward to? Lots of holidays on the forefront here. Yeah, I know. For it being February and usually pretty quiet around here, we have four big events in the next week that we're going to be celebrating at all of our markets. We have the Tibetan New Year, and of course we have a ton of Tibetan farm stand workers that work at uh, um, all of our markets and for a variety of farmers. So um, we'll be celebrating the Tibetan New Year with them. And then the Chinese New Year, we're going to have hot pots at... Um, at a number of markets and then of course Fat Tuesday is next week so lots of sausage and veggies and of course seafood for gumbo and jambalaya so people can stock up with that stuff at the market and then next week is um, also Valentine's Day so we're talking maybe some honey for your honey or an apple for the apple of your eye or <laughs> maybe just making your sweetheart a really nice market inspired dinner going to one of the many restaurants that shops at the market um, and a list of those restaurants is on our website as always. Awesome, Liz. Thanks for that great update. Look forward to checking with you again next Thursday. Great. In the meantime, if you want to find out more about what's going on at the market, take a look at uh, volunteer opportunities, recipes, or ways to get involved, you can find them at www.grownyc.org. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. Just get out there, get engaged with the green market, and tune in next week for another episode of the Grow NYC Market Update. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.